Hey everyone, welcome back to Back to the Past and Learn History Podcast. My name is Rohan. Today, this is Season 5, Episode 5 of the podcast. So, before we start, um, we just wanted to say this is a special episode. Our condolences to the Queen of England. She recently died. I think she was 96 and years too. of age. And Philip too. We cannot forget about Philip. I'm kidding. Right. We can't forget about, uh, I mean, the whole royal family as a whole. I mean, it must be shocking for them. England. I mean, you have a whole you have a whole series of events that are going on right now. Hell, I mean, England's expected to lose a lot of money as a result of the Queen's death. So that's not a win. Really? Yeah, they have to remake their entire currency now into the face of King Charles. Oh, yeah. Well, it didn't Wait, so they, they, they take it out of circulation and then... Print yeah, you pretty notes. much, yeah. Oh, seriously? Wow, I yeah. never knew that. Yeah, no, that's an actual thing. That's called part of the London Bridges fall, has fallen uh, plan. Wow. And yeah, that plan is what happens when the Queen dies. Well, that already happened, so that's mm-hmm. why we're making so this video. It's being executed, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. It's still being executed. It's an 11-day process. All right, but let's move on to the topic today. So today's topics will be focusing upon not more so I think uh, this Queen Elizabeth's reign, but more so the significance of it. We're like we're not going to talk about everything that happened during her reign, but we're going to talk about like the significance of it and pretty much the importance of her reign and as to why I guess we could say the British might be in trouble pretty soon. As a matter of fact, however, I think we should start with the beginnings of her reign. So Taj, take it away. Okay, so obviously Queen Elizabeth became queen when her father died, which was King George VI, and her coronation was June 2nd, 1953. Interesting fact, uh, she heard about uh, his father's death in Kenya while she was visiting a colony and meeting the people. But this was a very important time because Winston Churchill was prime minister, Britain was going through some foreign disasters as well, like the Suez Crisis and... Queen Elizabeth had a lot of stuff uh, in her hands. Not political stuff, but obviously the monarch is seen as an influential uh, piece of the British Empire, which the British Empire was kind of like collapsing as like many colonies wanted to free. India got its independence and Winston Churchill had its uh, criticism. So... It was a very important um, era that Britain was going through, and Queen Elizabeth was going through that during that first uh, years when she became queen. You know, to add on, though, to be honest, it kind of gives me a newfound respect for uh, King George VI, actually. Because to, to me, he's always been kind of that interesting figure. I mean, you have two pretty well-known monarchs in George V, and then you have Queen Elizabeth. I mean, you also have Edward as well, but he's not really known for all too much besides uh, taking the phone and throwing it away for a divorcee. But uh, I think King George V at least fascinates me since the only reason why he kind of died so young, because he wasn't, don't get me wrong, he was maybe in his, I believe he was in his 50s or, or latest 60s at that point, was the only reason why he died so quickly was merely because of the fact that World War II was the biggest war of all time. And it's pretty stressful, you know, being the at one point, the only person alive, like the only person alive, not the only person, the only country that's really alive during the time period that's actually able to do something about it. And so he kind of had to keep himself strong for the British people. 
and it kind of led to his early death. And so you see in 1952 the rise of Queen Elizabeth II, which obviously Elizabeth is uh, – it's not the first – she's not the first mainly because you had the Queen Elizabeth I until – it's literally known as the Elizabethan area. And so I think it's important to mention that Queen Elizabeth is prob- probably should be remembered pretty fondly, mainly because of the fact is that she probably presented herself over probably the biggest challenge in British history, I would say debatably. I mean minus the fact that – minus the whole English Civil War with the execution of the king and the queen. I'm well, not the king and the queen. The execution of the king, but I'm talking about more so the biggest, I would say, geopolitical crisis since at least the Napoleonic War for Great Britain. I mean, if you think about it like this, Great Britain for centuries had been had been basically the premier power. In the span of about, let's just say, 50 years, they've been knocked down to a second-tier power, thanks to the United States and the Soviet Union. I think it's kind of important to see this because Queen Elizabeth would have to preside over this. And it would really be something that should be really mentioned as something that should be seen as a good thing of her reign for sure. Nick, like you were saying, Britain becoming the second tier power, it's got to really boggle with the British mindset, right? Because, you know, for so long they've been living centuries. uh, Oh, Britain's the really the largest superpower in the world. You know, no one can stop us. I mean, then we first had World War One, right? Sure, the British won at the end. I mean, and the Germans never got close to invading Britain or taking over France, but they, the British lost thousands and thousands of men, really fractured their society. Then the Second World War, London gets bombed, right? The British Isles are hit, not through direct ground contact, but they're still hit and they're still impacted. So this British mindset of being the strongest power in the world and you know being isolated from the rest of the continent are gone in those things and it just really changes the way Brit, um, Britons I guess Britons I don't know how to say, British people Britain. speak right, the way the British people think right and I think to add on to that now with the empire collapsing Queen Elizabeth definitely has to navigate these tricky waters as she has to figure out how to I guess keep the British people happy as Britain yeah, after the Second World War, British the British economy would be in trouble for almost ten years. Not until like the fifties that it start to get better, and with meat rationing ending in fifty-four. So I think it's just Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth, she had to, you know, help the British people through these times because those first few years after the war were really difficult for the British. And actually I think another thing to know, I thought which was really cool, is that during the Second World War, and I'd assume after as well, the royal family was subject to the same rationing as everyday citizens as well. So the royal family during the World War II, and I guess Elizabeth after, before rationing, she was really feeling, she was facing some of the same perils as everyday people. False, the queen is is better than everybody else. Okay, no. Okay, but in all seriousness, though, I, I, think, I do think that's a pretty interesting fact. But at the same time, though, this video is kind of made to both honor Queen Elizabeth, but also talk about the future of Great Britain. So now that Queen Elizabeth has died, which for over 70 years ruled as a, as, the, as a stable figure almost, and with the very unpopular Prince Charles coming to the – sorry, King Charles III now coming to the throne, 
what lies for the future of Great Britain? So with uh, Queen Elizabeth's death, the new king or queen of England will be obviously King um, Charles III. Obviously. Obviously. So with uh, Queen Elizabeth's uh, passing, the new king would be Charles III. And it's interesting that he will be, uh, well, not selected, but, you know, he will be king because how the monarch runs to the oldest uh, son or daughter, in fact. But Yeah, they changed it in 20... I'm just going to jump in there. But yeah, you are right, though. They changed it, I believe, in 2012 or 2013. It was a a parliamentary act that basically made it... Instead of male primogenitor, it's just primogenitor. So it's like whoever comes first. So it's like oldest. So it's like, let's just say, uh, I don't know. Uh, Let's just say Prince George has a daughter first. Then that daughter is going to become the king. Uh, Not king, sorry. Queen later down on the line unless something happens. An extraneous circumstance, let's just say. Yep, and it's interesting that um, Charles III is going to be king because he had a really big scandal, which was like a huge royal scandal with uh, Princess uh, Diana because um, Princess Diana was facing um, some diet problems because uh, Charles III was pressuring her. Uh, Diana was facing mental problems, and obviously she she died around her 30s, and... It kind of felt uh, like a bad scar on the royal family and on Charles III. But so, yeah, I mean, Charles III also has uh, some good media press because he has done charity donations. He's been guest on television, but he also sometimes gets bad press from the royal scar from from news media that um, speaks on. Charles's like secret life that puts a bad rep on him and then tries to uncover his private life. But Charles III is very interesting because he um he's very it's very controversial and Well, he, yeah, I, I understand all that stuff. But we're talking about the future of we get the whole story of King Charles. Okay. I was okay. talking specifically about the future. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll okay. I'll, I'll just that. Uh, yeah, it. don't worry about that. But I'll I'll address what I think for the future at least. So I mean, obviously, King Charles becomes king. However, there's been a lot of debates considering whether or not the, the monarchy is going to be abolished. My opinion, I don't think so. I just I understand the unpopularity of somebody such as Charles, but I honestly don't think that I don't think unless there's a significant radical social change that occurred within the society of Britain, of course. I don't think there were, I don't think there is that chance. Or at least a good chance that the monarchy would be abolished. Which, yeah, I, t- I do understand the people on like, calling for that, but at this point, the queen doesn't. The, sorry, the king now. I remember saying the, the queen instead of the king. Or sorry, the king instead of the queen. But pretty much, spe- pretty much, the king is a figurehead nowadays, and he has been, relatively speaking, for a bit of time now. I'd say. I don't want to make exactly a precise call, but. He's been at least limited in his power in England since I believe the Magna Carta was signed in 1215. It could be 12 – I believe it was 1215 the Magna Carta was signed. But overall though, I also want to look at the fact that Britain itself, why I kind of alluded to it might be splitting up is because of the fact that I think with the Queen's death, I think Scotland could potentially split. I think it's the best chance they've had in 
a long time, especially with the combination of Brexit and now with the basically the riddance of a pretty big stability figure for the British Union. And she was a staunch, staunch defender of the British Union throughout her lifetime. And I think it's part of the reason as to why, and also the fact that it was it was before Brexit, that that you know Queen that Scotland didn't make, like, declare independence, for example. Yeah, Nick. I mean, funnily enough, they're having another vote in October 2023. So this vote they kind of scheduled before around. I think they pushed for July of this year. So. With the death of the queen, I mean, who knows? I mean, what I felt like is that Scotland was already moving towards independence. So even if they didn't get this vote, they will get a next vote. And I think we can see with the previous vote, the turnout was pretty good for those that wanted independence. Of course, it wasn't enough, but I think it was about fifty-five forty-five from my exactly. From my that's that's very close. So I think with the death of the queen, I think there's a very real chance that Scotland leaves. And as soon as Scotland leaves, I feel like the ball starts rolling and Northern Ireland will leave and Wales will leave. Wales is not leaving. I can guarantee you that right now. England will fight tooth and nail to make sure Wales does not leave. Maybe not Northern Ireland, maybe not Scotland, but I guarantee you Wales is probably going to maintain being English. All right. If anything, so, I, mean, I would Ireland, say I would say at least Northern Ireland, because I feel like Northern Ireland was especially here with Brexit. Just I know a lot. They're just going to reintegrate into Ireland. That's, because yeah, of they're the going to reintegrate into Ireland. Catholic population is returning to Northern Ireland. In fact, I think they outnumber the Protestants for the first time in a oh, number okay. of years, as a matter of fact. And that, I mean, that as well plays a huge demographics does play a huge part into how uh, you know certain countries feel about independence. I mean, I guarantee you, for right. example, that I mean beforehand, I guarantee you that certain colonial powers, certain colonial nations. Definitely wanted independence. I mean, you could just look at uh, even, for example, you mentioned Kenya before Ted. I mean, oh, we were talking about that. Where that's where Queen Elizabeth found out uh, her father, King George, died. But that's also where some of the most brutal colonial suppressions happened. I mean, the Mau Mau uprising. The Mau Mau uprising, for example, is a great example. But I think just I'm kind of playing it into uh, Northern Ireland. But I think that that's, it's been a problem region for years. And England actually – or not England, but Britain relatively actually pays more into it than like they get out of it. Gets I think that's it, the yeah. only reason that they actually do And I mean it, I so. think that there has been talks for like a few years. I know – I remember like before Brexit, like I know it hurt Northern Ireland a lot because I think – I believe it was either Northern Ireland workers move, uh, working in Ireland or Ireland workers working in Northern Ireland. Either way, they have a huge like economic bond with each other, Northern Ireland and Ireland, right? Yeah. So with Brexit – that bond is a lot difficult – is more difficult to maintain, right? Because with the EU, mm -hmm. um, yeah. they're in that zone where they don't have the border checks, right? So, Yeah, precisely. I, could, I mean I definitely see that's a possibility, Northern Ireland easily integrating to Ireland. I wouldn't be surprised. One thing I wanted to say, I mean King Charles, he's inheriting one of the worst living crises ever in history, right? And with winter coming, there isn't going to be enough heat. I mean, the Europe is especially going to be uh, Europe in general is going to be affected by this, but England as well. England is not immune to this, so it's very interesting to see how, what happens with really all of Europe crisis, this winter. You're not talking about what? what are you talking about the energy crisis? Because you just went straight into how he's inheriting one of the worst living crises, and you didn't even yeah, explain no, anything. In cost of living crisis and energy crisis, yes. Okay, because you because yeah. you okay because I didn't even hear what you were trying to say. You just no, yeah, right, no. oh, this one of the worst living crises. 
So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with England. I mean, the pound is at the lowest level it's ever been in relation to the dollar, I think, since the 80s. So it's pretty bad in the euro. I mean, this is obviously not a European episode, it's an England episode. But I mean, still, even Brexit happened. In this modern world, England and Europe still have a lot of connection with each other and their two economies because they're still – I mean, it's curious to see now how – how I mean, King Charles, he's going to be the new um, royal family king. And on top of there's a new there's a new prime minister as well for England. Liz Truss. Liz Truss, yep. So, I mean, I'm just waiting out to see what happens, especially in winter, I think – the United Kingdom is going to be in trouble with the rising oil prices in Europe and energy crisis. I mean, I'm really curious to see what happens. <laughs> Man, that is interesting, all right. Otherwise, that'll be it for this episode of Back to the Past, the Ultimate History Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I mean, we kind of enjoyed talking about it too, even though it was about such a solemn topic. And it was kind of a bleak prediction we had for the future as well kind of overviewing Queen Elizabeth's life and then kind of looking at the sad future Britain might face, at least the ones we're predicting. But overall, we hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Twitter on at Back to the Past P1. Again, at Back to the Past P1. And we hope you all have a great day.